Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we are doing it. We are finally going to talk about where the locals go here in town. So um, I have to be completely honest with you up front. Uh, I am a terrible local, so I uh, tr- I know about all these places that I'm about to talk about. I've been to them at least once or twice in my entire life here in Las Vegas. But as those of you who listen or watch Concierge Confidential anywhere... I typically like to center a lot of my content, a lot of stuff that I know around Las Vegas Boulevard, the Strip, if you will. Well, hate to break it to you guys, but most locals, unless they are working on the Strip, do not hang out on the Strip. So uh, I get this a lot. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about places where locals go. I will be sort of sprinkling in explanations of you know the different parts of town and also if you want to go there. And uh, if you're moving here, this is actually might be a good little episode to listen to, but for the most part, we're going to be going over the different sections of town, including Fremont Street, the Arts District, Summerlin, Henderson, Green Valley Ranch area, the Strip, of course. I love it. And uh, see where we kind of go from there. So this is the local episode of Concierge Confidential. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting who have been experts in specialized coating servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody, so we are back. We are talking about where the locals go on this episode. So let's just start it off from the top. So Las Vegas Strip. The Las Vegas Strip itself is about four and a half miles long, and locals typically don't go there. It's actually almost infuriating to me uh, knowing that I work at a place, and we just talked about Waterburger opening on the Las Vegas Strip. Huge deal, by the way. And... They said it's going inside of the Waldorf Astoria, which saying it's going inside of Waldorf Astoria is quite a stretch. It's going out in front of Waldorf Astoria, in front of a little space where it used to be Bobby's Burger Palace. Fine. Anyways, so when they were talking about it, they said, I don't even know where that is. It's like you've lived here for almost 15 years, 20 years at least, and you still don't know where these parts of town are. It's just mind boggling to me. So... Again, I worked on the Strip for a long time. Um, I honestly say I think I'm very good with directions, especially when it comes to Las Vegas Boulevard. So I really know my way around the Strip. It just it happens. So maybe I'm just like look, coming at this from a different angle, but I just, I just don't understand it. Just figure it out. But let's just talk about it. So the Las Vegas Strip is about four and a half miles long. Right now, it is an absolute mess with the F1 paving going on, but you, know, you can get around stuff. But the Las Vegas Strip is typically reserved for... 
vacation years, obviously people traveling to Las Vegas, tourists, and then of course, if you're going out to a concert or something, a lot of things are centered around being around Las Vegas Boulevard, like T-Mobile Arena, Mandalay Bay Event Center, Legion Stadium, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Those are all arenas where we have these big shows, events, concerts, what have you. Those happen on the Strip. So that's typically when a local will go to the Strip. And if you're going to, you know, celebrating like a an anniversary, a birthday, uh, if you're going to propose or something, typically you'll go to the Strip just because that's where all the nice restaurants are. It's just that's the way it goes. Uh, there are nice restaurants around the Las Vegas, you know, Las Vegas Strip, of course, but it's really centered in one space. So the Las Vegas Strip itself is, for locals, really going to be a place where you're going only for special occasions. Unlike people like me, where I like to actually go down there and I like to, you know, create, you know, content and videos for you guys that you can see on our Instagram page, Concierge Confidential underscore LV, or on our TikTok at Keys to Vegas, which is doing good. Really appreciate you guys listening or watching. But really, you don't see them go down there very often. But this place is great for vacation years, uh, just because, again, it has everything that you need when you come to Las Vegas. So let's just kind of start from there. If you are coming to Las Vegas and you're planning on just staying around Las Vegas Boulevard and you're not going to be doing like a tour that you want to you know, be self-guided, you do not need a car. You do not need a car to get around the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, I've been actually planning on going to Los Angeles soon, and I've been there a few times, but you know, I'm only going for like maybe a day and a half because I'm really just going to go do a certain activity and then come back. Uh, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, do I need to rent a car? And even if I want to go to like two or three other places, getting an Uber sounds like the most work to try to go anywhere around Los Angeles because everything is so spread out. So it's almost worth it just get a car for really just accessibility and really just freedom. Uh, so honestly, like just travel, travel wise, if you're going to be going to anywhere in California, you probably need a car. If you're going to be going anywhere other than the one place you're going to, like if you were going to go to Santa Monica and just stay on the beach, you probably don't need a car. But if you are trying to sort of go from downtown Las Vegas to Hollywood and then to the Universal Studios, uh, you probably need a car just because you have to get up and down going to different places and you don't want to get stuck in traffic with like a stranger. So I don't know if that's sort of like your normal life. Totally cool. But I like to have my freedom when I'm traveling. But in terms of Vegas itself, you don't really need a lot of uh, you don't need that car just because it's going to add to your expenses because you have to pay for parking at any of our casinos now. And if you're going to be doing like an Uber or a taxi, they're not very long drives. You're really looking at maybe like 15 minutes tops. And that's if you get stuck in traffic. Uh, and if you do want to go to Fremont Street, you can certainly just take an Uber or a taxi there. Or you can take the bus, of course. And again, you're going to have to get down there. You're going to have to find parking if you drive your own car. And, you know, I just don't think it's worth doing all that stuff. If you're going to be planning on going to Red Rock Canyon, if you're planning on going to see some friends, uh, like in local parts of town, or if you're going to be golfing, or if you're going to go out to, let's just say, the Hoover Dam or something, then maybe you do want to rent a car because then maybe it is in your best interest to actually rent a car. Because a lot of those places, if you go to Hoover Dam, Lake Mead, Red Rock Canyon, it's actually really hard to get an Uber in those areas because it is so remote. So it's not the same problem you have when you're in Los Angeles. Like you're not going to be in Santa Monica and not be able to get a taxi uh, or an Uber. You'll be able to find one. So again, just sort of, I wanted to sort of make that note on this particular pod that Las Vegas Boulevard and Las Vegas in general, don't really need a car if you're going to be 
uh, if you're going to be just visiting here. If you are going to be living here, I 100% recommend a car because we are a West Coast city, even though we are still in the desert, where everything is very spread out. So you're not typically going to find, like we don't have a transit system for you to go from your local areas to the strip where a lot of the jobs are or downtown. So you'll be having to ride the bus, which again, if you're used to it, cool. If you're not, it can be a little bit, you know, a little bit of a hassle. So definitely a town that you do want to have a car in, unless you are like one of my friends who works in my other job who can walk to work, which that's perfectly fine. But just know the close you are to those mega centers. So like downtown Las Vegas or the Las Vegas Strip, uh, especially Las Vegas Strip, you're either going to be paying really, really low rent in a really bad area. Uh, I'm looking at you, apartments right across from MGM Grand, um, or you're going to be paying a very high rent, for example, like the Martin or the Panorama Towers, which are just on the other side of the freeway uh, overlooking the Las Vegas Strip. So really give or take there, uh, just so you know kind of like what level you're looking at for like the Martin or the Panorama Towers. Uh, I had a coworker. She was the daughter of a Chinese millionaire who owned a bunch of shopping malls and he bought her an apartment that inside one of those panorama towers. So it is not cheap to stay inside one of those towers. So just keep that in mind. So as we move away from the Las Vegas strip, we're going to get a little bit more into detail in these other parts of Las Vegas. Cause I cover the strip quite frequently, a place that locals tend to like to hang out at, especially if they're going to go out and do like a celebration. You're probably looking at people in their twenties into their like maybe early thirties, typically with a large group. We'll be going to, Fremont Street and specifically East Fremont Street. So East Fremont Street tends not to be mentioned very often, especially amongst people who are visiting Las Vegas because when they think Fremont Street, they think the big giant canopy, they think the lights, the glitz, which is completely fine. But if you are looking to go where the locals go on Fremont Street, you're going to East Fremont Street, which that's going to be on the east side of Fremont. So that's the furthest most end. That's actually where the canopy stops and where you actually have the uh, Slotzilla, where you actually get on and then do the zip line all the way down. East Fremont is an uncovered part of Fremont Street where you will find things like the Commonwealth. You'll find Park on Fremont, which is really, really popular for brunch. Uh, they also have Corduroy, which is a brand new rock. Uh, it's not brand new, but it's a sort of rock venue, which plays very, very loud rock music. Oh, my God. Like, the bar is cool, and everybody loves to go into Corduroy just because it has a cool, like, photo room that everybody is contractually obligated to actually take a picture in there. So women love this place. Um, it's fine. I'm not a big fan of Corduroy, to be honest. But if you were like rock music, go ahead. But not my, not my cup of tea, to be honest. Not my cup of tea. So anyways, other things that are on, but the cool thing about East Fremont is that you do get a good mix of locals and then you also get a couple tourists in there as well, typically younger. So it's a really good place to meet up with, you know, people that are the same age as you, like I'm 30, for example, and you're going to find a lot of people in there because it is, you know, bars. You're going to find a lot of people in their 20s, probably up until about maybe 35, 40, just depending how hipster they are, if you will. And we haven't even talked about the hipster part of town yet, but East Fremont is great for parties on Friday, Saturday nights. It just really gets going. Uh, a couple other things that are on East Fremont, they have the downtown cocktail room, which is very small, very local. Um, that place is much more quiet. Probably going to get a little bit more of a mature sort of atmosphere in there. So that's going to be sort of like on Las Vegas Boulevard and Fremont. You kind of got to find it. Um, they also have the Griffin, uh, which the Griffin is super, super popular for people who just really, really want to like chill out. Um, it actually looks like 
uh, an old English style pub where when you walk inside of it, it kind of looks like a cellar and it's very, very dark and very, very, you know, feels very celery, <laughs> celery. Um, but people just like to go in there, chill, have a beer. It's very, very relaxed. It doesn't get too, too crazy. It's not like a like dance party or anything. Really a spot where people just sit, have a cocktail, a beer maybe, and then just relax. So the Griffin, super, super chill. Definitely a more like a more of a more mature sort of uh, demographic. So just keep that keep that in mind as you go in. Um, they have a couple different food places here, like flipping good burgers. Never tried it. Can't make a recommendation. Never tried it. Uh, but the Park on Fremont, which is just across the street from there. Uh, the Park on Fremont, very cool, very, very like eclectic and very, very artsy. Think like Palm Springs where everything is very bright and you have just really crazy wallpaper and pictures, but really, really famous for their brunch. So they even have an outdoor area. So that place, super popular for brunch. If you're looking for a brunch spot, not a bad, not a bad place. There's also right next to it, Evil Pie, which has become an institution of Fremont Street. People love their pies or their pizzas uh over at evil pie really really good can't really say anything more than that just really really good spot very very chill uh also they do have another place what do they have over here they have eureka which eureka is a restaurant which is on the corner quite good very chill it's really really a popular space for like industry people who want to go have you know a really I would say elevated experience, but not like to the level of going to Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, a couple other places I wanted to highlight on uh, East Fremont that I think are worth a look. Uh, these are things that I would actually really recommend do if you are in town because they are so different. Uh, we have Lucky Day, which Lucky Day is a tequila and mezcal bar, which tequila has become super popular to serve inside of your restaurants. But Lucky Day is really, really cool. It has these really cool like Christmas lights on the inside. It looks sort of like Ghost Donkey. Uh, I wonder... I really want to do a video of Ghost Donkey one of these days, but I just have to go the right day. I have to go the right day, check it out, and because Ghost Donkey is my favorite speakeasy, and I really want to highlight it. Like I don't want you guys all going there <laughs> because uh, I don't want it to get too busy, but uh, I just feel like at some point I have to make a video about it because it is so awesome. But Lucky Day is sort of the cool, like large version of that, just because it is an actual bar uh, where everybody knows where it's at. And uh, Lucky Day, really fun. Uh, they play. Latin music, which is really great. Uh, it's really, really popular in town. So Lucky Day is a really fantastic choice. I would highly recommend it to anybody who wants to go in. Uh, another place that I want to highlight on East Fremont Street is the blah, 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 Commonwealth. Commonwealth is a really sort of like upscale joint. Uh, they have a very nice bar on the bottom and a very nice rooftop. And they also has an entrance to the laundry room, which is the speakeasy behind it, which I've actually never been to the laundry room. Just because I never felt like investing my time to go to Fremont Street and try like just the the work that goes into having to do the speakeasy, the laundry room is immense. Uh, and once you get inside, it's actually I've heard has so many rules that like doesn't make it fun. Like it just doesn't sound like a fun place to hang. Like it's cool to have rules, but like you have so many rules that like uh, kind of just don't want to go. But I don't know. It could just be me. But anyways, so they have the laundry room there, Commonwealth. But another place that I really want to highlight, which I think is great, especially for those of you that you're listening that are, I would say younger, I would say like 25, 24, something around there, because this place I can do, but it is a little young, and that is We All Scream. We, we All Scream has opened in the past, I would say, six months, and has become super, super popular. It has you know a DJ on the outside. It has like three rooms. It has a DJ on the inside, DJ on the outside. They have a DJ on the rooftop. And there's just a lot of stuff going on there. But really, really fun. Really great place to meet people. Uh, it's kind of loud, but like in a good way. 
but I would highly recommend We All Scream. They even have a place where you can get ice cream. But again, this place is just a really chill spot that is really great for younger people to hang, have a good time, dance. And I went there like on a summer, like on a summer after, like a summer evening. And we were outside and it was really great. Like it was kind of kind of sweaty, kind of gross. But I think it did a really good job of sort of getting people all together and, and having a good time. But overall, East Fremont Street is a really, really great spot for any of you that are out there that are like 25, 35 years old, wanting to have a good time, but you don't want to like, you know, spend a lot of money on the strip or on Fremont. East Fremont is definitely catered towards locals and a really great place to uh, spend like an evening for sure. Uh, in the daytime, that is fun. But East Fremont is really good for really, really good for nighttime activities. Uh, they also have the ca the container park, which is fine to me. Like, it's cool. Like, it's actually more of, like, I think a place for you to bring your kids, even though they have bars and stuff on the inside, but they do have, like, a jungle gym and stuff. But I think container park is much more of, like, a daytime thing, uh, just to see, like, a little, little community built out of containers, which is great. So uh, let me go ahead and I'll take a break, and then we'll go ahead and come back and talk about some of the more locally local parts of town. So that'll be coming up right after this. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential. Just letting you know about a new podcast that we have out. It's called Last Night in Vegas with me, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you're able to listen to it. Um, it'll be periodically put out throughout the week. And usually if I go out in the evening, you'll probably be hearing a podcast about how that night went. So make sure to check out our new podcast, Last Night in Vegas, presented by Neon Smoke Productions. All right, everybody, so we are back. So we're going to be diving into the super local parts of town. So we're talking Henderson. We're talking Summerlin. Uh, these are the parts of town that we're going to be diving into. So uh, kind of a, just a brief overview of, like, the good and bad parts of town. So in general, this is very generalistic because a lot of these places, you know, you can find good pockets, obviously. And, of course, some of these places will have their, you know, not-so-nice pockets. But you just kind of have to know in general what are we talking about. So. So, in general, we are talking about the four different locations. So we have north, east, south, and west. Uh, honestly, to me, I don't live there, but north Las Vegas tends not to be as, I would say, developed, if you will, as the other parts of town. Uh, this is a place where you're going to find a little bit more, uh, just really not going to be a tourist part of town at all. I don't recommend going to this part of town unless you're going to be going to Ojos Locos, which is a Latin American casino. But don't recommend north end, north side of the strip, north north Las Vegas, just because there's not a lot of touristy things to do there. Not a lot of bars to hang out there that I would recommend. Again, I am that part part of that part of town. So I again, I don't have like a lot to stand on, but I visited it. It's a lot of traffic. It's very far north. Wouldn't recommend um, if you were going to be moving to town, um, just because again it is very far from everything. Just that's personally speaking, the freeway is just an absolute nightmare on that part of town. I don't recommend it, but that's just me. It also feels like there's not enough like restaurants on that part of town. So again, don't recommend for that aspect of it as well. Uh, east side of town, east side of town is like overdeveloped, where there's like so many people. It feels like concrete city. I don't recommend East Las Vegas because also. It's really far from the Strip, downtown, other areas, and really the closest thing you have to, like, civilization is Sunset Station, which Sunset Station is a local casino where you find, like, the Galleria Mall. You're going to find a bunch of our other restaurants. They have a Famous Dave's. They have a Buffalo Wild Wings. East side of town, meh. 
as well. Now let's get to the parts of town that I'm going to recommend just because, one, I live in Henderson. So uh, I actually live in, like, the connection between Henderson and Las Vegas. So really, it's a very – it's a perfect part of town. Uh, I lived in this area for about 10 years now, and I've moved like, – I think maybe once I moved an apartment over, basically down the street. And I like this part of town because it's actually really close to the freeway, the 215, that will actually get you going towards – Las Vegas Boulevard. Uh, you can get to Las Vegas Boulevard from there. You can take a nice long drive to Summerlin. You can actually go on the 215 to go east, and that gets you towards uh, like deeper into Henderson and kind of go around everything. Uh, and I think it's it's perfect over here. So I really really enjoy it in this part of town because you do have like Seven Hills, which is a very very high end area where they have lots of golf courses. They have places like Rio Seco. They also have the Revere Golf Club. Lots of golf on this part of town, just you know ranging in terms of pricing. But the area in this part of town that I would probably highlight for people visiting is in the Green Valley Ranch area, which Green Valley Ranch is going to have a lot of the. It's actually a casino itself, Green Valley Ranch, and then the actual area is called Green Valley. And the, the hotel itself is actually really, really nice. I used to think it was the nicest hotel uh, in the local areas other than maybe like some uh, Red Rock. But Greenland, great. They also have a really nice local part of that uh, area called the District, which you can find Lucille's Barbecue. They have a really, really pretty outdoor walking area where you can actually get like a Shake Shack. There's also like a P.F. Chang's. They have a couple different bars on that area. And they even have a Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which I told that to my parents, and they were like blown away that we had a Ben and Jerry's like actual brick and mortar store, which they don't have in Tucson. But the district is really, really nice. They also have like an Echo and Rig, which is really popular here in town. Uh, they have a Bella Vita, which I recommended somebody to go there, and they said it was fantastic. Uh, I tried it once; it was it's fine. Uh, then I, there's also like the local, which the local is like a like wine and cheese crowd, and like it's all the stereotypes of people who drink wine and eat cheese. Like, you think it's a joke. That's actually what they were doing there. And I I had a really good drink there, but uh, it was they were so snooty. It was, like, unbelievable. It's, and then their prices were, like, something that I would pay for on the strip. I'm like, why is your drink $18 here? Like, you are not on Las Vegas Boulevard. Like, what are you doing? So, I don't know. The local... But other than, other than that, that area is actually really great because they actually have uh, an outdoor walking area and they also have a they have a Parkway Tavern, which if you do move to Las Vegas, Parkway Tavern will always come up as some place that people want to go. And it's it's become sort of a stereotypical thing. And I don't know if everybody like has ever picked up on this, but maybe I just lived here a very long time. See a lot of people move away whenever somebody is moving away or just like quit their job and is getting a new job. They always end up, hey, let's all meet at Parkway Tavern. And then that's the, like your send-off is Parkway Tavern. I guess because it's very easy to go to. It's very large. It has a big space. And people can kind of come and go as they please. Cool. Uh, but the funny thing is they always end up going to the one on 215 like Flamingo. Which is funny. It's always ended up over there. I've actually gone to like three going away parties at the exact same place. So I think it's like a rite of passage to go to the... Uh, Parkway Tavern on the 215. So I don't know. It's just, I think it's just hilarious to myself. But um, I'm also like not a local bar guy. Like, they're, one of the reasons I don't go to local bars is because uh, I actually drink alone quite a bit. So I love to go to the strip. I love going to the strip because I get to like learn other people's stories, figure out why you're here by yourself, kind of just like kind of like overhear people's conversations. So 
One of the reasons I don't like show my face a lot is one, cause I'm ugly, but two, uh, because I actually like, uh, like kind of being incognito when I go to the bars and then I can kind of just like overhear your conversation and I just get a kick out of it. Uh, also people wonder like, what do I do when I go to bars by myself? Uh, I make really good friends with the bartenders. I think I'm one of Everyone's going to say this. Uh, I think I'm one of the better like patrons of a bar because one, I drink multiple drinks. I'll drink like two or three drinks. Probably I'll probably order some food as well. Uh, I think I tip pretty good, but again, these are all subjective things, but, uh, I'm also really good at talking shit about other people at the bar, which rule rule number one, for those of you traveling alone, uh, if you want to start getting free drinks, uh, one, become friends with the bartender. But you know how you really become friends with the bartender? You talk shit about other people at the bar. So pick something. And this actually takes a lot of practice. You have to be somebody who knows like drinks, drink etiquette, how drinks are made, and what sounds like ridiculous. So, and it just, it's just natural for me to ha- happen. So I was actually drinking at a local spot waiting for some food. I was actually at the district where I was at uh, Kingfisher, which is a wonderful seafood restaurant there. And... Somebody ordered a martini, but they wanted the vermouth on the side. So vermouth is typically something served with a traditional martini. And they said, we want the vermouth on the side, and I want to control how much vermouth I put. And the bartender who was sitting on, who was making the drink, obviously, and the patron is actually at a high top table, so not at the bar, uh, just couldn't believe it. He was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is so stupid. And I said, why would they do it that way? You got to do it like that. You're like, you're on their side. You're like, why would they do it that way? And he's like, I don't know. They're just idiots. I don't understand what they're doing. So then with that, uh, after, you know, sitting there a while, uh, there's typically like excess drink that happens. So he gave me a shot for free, which is great. He's like, oh, do you want to try this drink? And then you just, boom, you throw it back. Uh, so I, I make really good friends with bartenders. It's just natural for me to make friends with the bartender. And hey, you never know. Next Mrs. Ortega might be behind a bar someday. And bartending great job for people in town because i always think that people who work behind bars especially women uh they're typically really like strong-minded uh they typically kind of like look at you like uh uh what the fuck are you looking at kind of a look and if you can get past that they're wonderful people and they're usually very good looking which is nice but anyways moving on so the district again really great spot especially if you're coming here for like a date uh if you're a local listening to this the district is a great date spot just because they have very affordable approachable restaurants not too like uh, like unassuming where you're going to be you know it's a high-end thing but i think this is a really great place there's also a whole foods here it's actually one of the one of the few places in town that has a whole foods and they actually just opened a new place that i really really want to try uh it's called cantina tequila which i yeah this might be a place i might try this week I think I might try this place next, but Cantina Tequila, which I had a coworker go and he said it was actually really, really good. So I actually might end up going there just to show you guys what it looks like. Because so I've had a lot of steak lately and I'm trying to go eat off of like the steak, the steak trend. So uh, anyways, moving away from the district, let's now go to like the final place that I want to highlight. And that is downtown Summerlin. Downtown Summerlin is sort of like the... It's like the hip nightclub host. That's basically where they all hang out at is downtown Summerlin. Uh, honestly, this is just a really great spot just for many number of reasons. One, downtown Summerlin is on the west part of town. Uh, if you go during the daytime, you get really good views of Red Rock Canyon, which looks beautiful. Uh, really great date spot as well. I actually took someone on uh, Valentine's Day to uh, Red Rock Canyon, and then we did horseback riding the whole bit. I know. 
it was great. But don't worry, I got it for a two for one. So you can tell her though, because we're no longer dating. But anyway, so we went out to the Red Rock Canyon. But once you get out to Red Rock, they have downtown Summerlin, which downtown Summerlin is an outdoor shopping area, which is uh, feels very like rodeo drivey, but like not as fancy in terms of, you know, exclusive, uh, just because people love to take their kids there. There's a really nice playground playground there. They also have the Las Vegas ballpark, which is if you ever want to catch like a, uh, an aviators game, which I think there was one, uh, this evening, but if you ever want to catch an, an aviators game, that's our, you know, minor league baseball. Uh, that's a really great date idea as well. Just because I just think baseball, like as a date is just awesome because you don't, and I used to play baseball, but like you don't, have to really like baseball to go to a baseball game because really you're just sitting there you're talking you're maybe having a drink or a beer and then you might have like a hot dog or dessert it's sometimes a little bit hot outside you can talk as loud as you want because like people are kind of not paying attention to the game and i think that's a really great date idea so actually i think i might do this coming up next not coming up next but like in a different pod that i want to do like really cool local date ideas I think that's something I want to do next just because I think that'll be very helpful and I don't know, just throw some ideas out there that might be more of like a local pod, but I don't know. I like it. But anyways, Las Vegas ballpark, really, really great inside of downtown Summerlin. There's so many places to eat inside downtown Summerlin. It's crazy. Um, a couple that I want to highlight is uh, Harlow. Harlow is a super fancy restaurant in downtown Summerlin. It actually kind of looks like a Beverly Hills style uh, restaurant with uh, sort of like a white building with all these like ivy growing on the outside of it. And it's a very like upscale steakhouse. A lot of Golden Knights players end up going and eating there and it's just really top notch for sure. And I think that's a really good spot, especially for like a high end dinner, but they also have like a Morton's out there. They do have a couple different like highlighted like, uh, places. What is the place? Wolfgang pucks locker or locker room. Eh, you know what I mean? So that is actually inside of downtown Summerlin. And honestly, it's okay, but it's a really great spot, especially if you're going to be coming for like, let's just say like a first date. Uh, that's not a bad spot. They also have a Maggiano's little Italy restaurant. They have a Dave and Buster's. They have a restaurant. Sorry, a restaurant. They have a movie theater inside of Red Rock, uh, the uh, downtown Summerlin area. So overall, Summerlin is the high end part of town. Uh, if you are able to move into this part of town when you move here, you're looking at houses in the, I would say between four to eight hundred thousand dollar range. Obviously, they have million dollar homes in downtown in, in the Summerlin area, but I would say your median home is probably looking at around like five or six hundred million, sorry, five or six hundred thousand dollars if you're moving into that area. Again. The range, but that's probably what you're looking at for a kind of standard home uh, in the downtown Summerlin area. Also, rent, if you're going to be moving, rent will be highest in the Summerlin area as well. Just because you are elevated, it is a nice area. But honestly, getting to and from the Strip, because everything to me is getting to the Strip, uh, from downtown Summerlin or Summerlin area, kind of annoying, kind of hard. So... I don't know. In general, I've just lived here long enough in the Henderson area where I think we are the best way to get to the Las Vegas Strip, the airport, anywhere you need to get to. I think uh, Henderson is the spot. I'm just saying. But I think I highlighted most places. I mean, I, I skipped some places like Aliante, which is basically like Reno. So if you like long drives, that's where you're going to go. But um, I didn't actually talk about Chinatown. We'll end on Chinatown. So Chinatown has become a very, very... 
unique place. So Chinatown is a one strip, which is pretty long. Um, it actually takes up like a you know pretty good chunk of just west of the Las Vegas Strip, which you'll find on Spring Mountain. Which Spring Mountain is this long road that goes from Las Vegas Boulevard all the way down to basically all the way straight down to uh, Summerlin area. Uh, I forgot to mention in the downtown Summerlin area, Red Rock Casino, which is honestly one of the best casinos in town. So either way, uh, on Spring Mountain, you're going to find a lot of Asian restaurants, of course, everything from Chinese, Japanese. A lot of our sushi restaurants are going to be end up are going to be in this particular area. Um, I'll have to ask one of my friends what the better sushi restaurants are in that space. But some of the things that are really well known for this area are the Golden Tiki. It's become an institution of where locals like to hang. Locals love to go to the Golden Tiki, stand in line, and get their you know weird fruity drinks. I don't know. It feels kind of old in there. I'm just kind of like a hater on the Golden Tiki. Um, but it's fun. It's definitely a fun, like, late-night hang. The cool thing about all these local spots is that they're open so late. Like, the Golden Tiki is open, like, 24 hours. Uh, same thing with Herbs and Rye. Herbs and Rye is open very, very late, uh, which also is on Spring Mountain. So Herbs and Rye has become another, like, institution of Las Vegas that's open late. Uh, you can go there. They have half-price steaks, and, you know, after, I believe, 10 o'clock. Uh, the steak's fine. I think you get more of the value. Steak's okay uh but it's like half off of whatever the price is like 60 bucks it's like a 30 dollar steak and then also the, the i have to say though if you do go to herbs and rye herbs and rye is one of the best cocktail bars in las vegas bar none i've never gone there and had a bad, bad cocktail although last time i did have kind of like a my old fashioned wasn't exactly how i wanted it but overall herbs and rye makes fantastic cocktails so if you wanted like a local place kind of close to the strip that you know feels like you know you're flashing back into like the old frank sinatra days i think herbs and rye is a great spot just know the bar can get very very full especially if you go at like you know peak times where it's really hard to get a seat at the bar and also like walk-ins for the restaurant not always easy to you know make it happen but really really popular is herbs and rye same thing as the golden tiki another place has become very very popular in chinatown uh, which is in the same place as the Golden Tiki, is Mas Por Favor. Uh, Mas Por Favor has been here for about a year and a half now. Um, let me just kind of double check and make sure it's still there. Yep, it's still there. So anyways, what more can I say about uh, about uh, Mas Por Favor? Uh, Mas Por Favor is a tataqueria which you can get just like regular tacos inside. But it is actually more well-known for their speakeasy in the back of the restaurant. So the thing is, is that you do need a reservation to go in there. Uh, a lot of times you can sometimes just walk in, just depending on how busy it is. But uh, Mas Por Favor is, again, a taqueria, but you're actually going to do the speakeasy in the back. Uh, it's kind of a fun thing to do, especially if you're going with somebody who doesn't really know what the back of that place is. But... I don't know. Most people know who've lived here for long enough, know where to go when you go there. It was really, really popular when uh, it first opened because a lot of the nightclub industry people would go there. You always know when something's just open because all of the nightclub and like bottle service girls are going there every single weekend. Then they get tired of it and they stop going. But, you know, it's just the circle of life in Las Vegas, <laughs> essentially for like the new hip places. Uh, you're cool until you're not, essentially. So uh, that's Mas Por Favor in the... Uh, 
in the in Chinatown. Uh, but yeah, Yamasushi, that's the one. So a lot of people really like Yamasushi. Uh, a lot of people also like the Korean barbecue in that part of town. So again, a lot of places to choose from, but Yamasushi is super, super popular for all-you-can-eat sushi. Uh, that's also where we're going to find a lot of the all-you-can-eat sushi will be in Chinatown. So you kind of just have to like poke around. Hopefully you find yourself uh, like a cool local that knows the uh, sushi scene. That is not me because I do not eat sushi. Apologies. Uh, but maybe I'll go ahead and recruit one of my friends to come on the pod and explain to me all the good sushi spots. So uh, we've covered most of the area. I would say most of Las Vegas. So with that, uh, I will actually leave you guys here uh, just because I, you know, I think I covered a lot of stuff. So hopefully you guys are able to think about it. Hopefully it helps you if you come to town. Uh, again, I'm a bad local, but I've done most of these things that I actually have said on this pod. I have gone to or seen with my own two eyes. So I think that I'm giving, you know, pretty good advice in terms of where or where not to go. And again, hopefully you guys stick around for later in the week uh, when we actually do Last Night in Vegas again. I don't know where I'm going yet because everything is sort of a surprise when I do it. So uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to check us out on our social channels at Concierge Confidential underscore LV as well as uh, at Keys to Vegas, which is on our TikTok. Uh, go ahead and like you can DM me. Um, if you DM me and let me know like you're coming to Vegas and you want sort of recommendations, I'll go ahead and maybe throw it into like a whole pod. Maybe I'll go ahead and just like respond to you, give you some of my recs, and then kind of go from there. So again, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you guys sort of like bearing with me because some weeks like we may not do a pod just because it gets really busy in like real life but again i do again really appreciate you guys listening and if you want you can always go back and listen to any of our other podcasts because most of them are pretty evergreen as we call them the biz and you can listen to any time and usually places don't change too too much uh between now and the last time i did the pod so again uh thank you so much for listening uh hopefully if you see me out in town awesome say hello but if you do remember keep it confidential Okay.